When traipsing along the Mekong in Southeast Asia, you may smell the delicious scent of almonds wafting on the stagnant, humid air. While this may seem like a decadent oasis in a dangerous jungle, use caution! That almond smell may be coming from a small but deadly arthropod on the shore. The dragon millipede is a tasty treat for the jungle's many voracious predators. So, in order to survive, it needs to cook up a fragrance that'll knock them dead in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about an animal whose name is clickbait and what they smell like will shock you. But more on that later. And also, you already heard some about that. Also bait. It's a (laughs) little little not insect. Bait and switch. But yeah, we're talking about a not insect. Uh, We're talking about the shocking pink dragon millipede. That it's alarming. Yeah. Not quite shocking, but it is alarming. Yeah, no, I, I was reading, like, why it's called this, and it's like, it's, it's, we didn't just throw in some adjectives, its re- name is actually the Shocking Pink Dragon Millipede. Yeah. And they were describing its color as a shocking pink, and I'm like, you don't know what shocking means. May- it's striking, maybe. Maybe shocking pink is the actual name of that color. Like, uh, I looked up the, the proper definitions for pink hues. And I didn't see that one. Shocking pink wasn't there? No. It looks like a hot pink. We'll wonder, talk about its description. Wonder, we should I, type in sho- just shocking pink into into Google and see if you get a specific kind of hue. Lori. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, that's a, that's a lot of adjectives. You got four words pile on top of each other. It's too much. Is there a better way to name it? Yeah. Here we go. Uh, seeing double dragon. That was a throwaway. That's good. Um, the heebie-jeebie Jim Jones. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I uh, okay. And now I know why you sent me a picture of Jim Jones <laughs> earlier today. Because I was doing some research, and also um, cyanide unhappiness. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the the. Characters in that are also unhappy a lot. Yeah, which is why this—that's the irony, yeah, of the comic. Uh-huh. But I want, but I just want to go on record and say that this millipede is astounding and commands you to look upon its face. <laughs> <laughs> it is astounding. Deep cut to Charlie and the, Charlie the Unicorn, like part four part, or five, part five or something. <laughs> the, Do you the moon millipede? Speaking of Charlie the Unicorn, would you like to hear what this animal is taxonomized? As how it is, that sentence was good. That was a bunch of words that you put together. It all made sense. I got the gist. Yeah. So tell me. Okay, it's in a kingdom you all know, love, and are in... Animalia. Did I get it right? That's correct. Yes! Yes! (laughs) It's in the phylum. Can you guess it? Can I? Yeah. I have the whole thing written down here. Arthropoda. (laughs) It's in the class... Diplopoda. Diplopoda. Diplopoda? I just like messing with your pronunciations of things. <laughs> no, it's Diplopoda for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, order Polydesmida. Polydesmida. You, uh, you got a doozy for the, for the family. You mean the family Paradoxa Samata Day? <laughs> nice! <laughs> 
did you did you practice for that one? No, I just read it. I t- there was a bit of pause that I cut out for sure. <laughs> I read it carefully. <laughs> it is. It's pretty phonetic. I'm so gonna like good. make that so that it's right after you say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got a doozy. You mean paradox of somatidae? Yeah. <laughs> uh, genus. Uh, Desmozites? Desmoxides? Desmoxides? Like, I rarely ever hear Latin, uh, like, taxonomy names and think Greek god, but some of these seem like they should be pronounced like Greek god. Remember Testudines from uh, the the turtle? But I'm afraid that it's actually Desmoxides or Desmoxites, like... I think this is, I mean, the, the taxonomy is usually like a mix between Latin and Greek. Yeah. Anyway, the species is purposi. Per, I have purposi. 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 Yeah, that could be. Purper. Dexmoxites purposiae. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was a good set of syllables. <laughs> this, is what, this one doesn't roll off the tongue very easily. Um, so you hear the word dragon and you invariably want to look it up, but if you're driving, I exhort you not to. Truly, truly, I say to you, do not look this up (laughs) while you're driving. Uh, I rebuke thee if you are. Uh, so here we go with the description. Ready your ears. Paint a picture. The pink dragon millipede is a magnificent magenta miripoda. Wait, what kind of pink? Pink dragon. It's the shocking pink track. Thank you. Okay, so it's got a four-word so, four <laughs> name, and I I shorten it to two many times in my notes. Be prepared for that. <laughs> uh, I just don't, I'd like, I just don't, I want people to understand that this is a very shocking animal. Anyway, I'm getting back into the mind's eye of the listener. Here we go. How are you supposed to paint a word picture if you don't describe the hue of pink? The shocking pink dragon millipede is a magnificent magenta miriopoda. With a long, slender body and several spindly legs. Several. Several. Uncountable. Um, it's not uncountable. You can count them individually, but as they grow, segments will new segments will mean new legs. So I got new legs. Yeah. So each of its main body part, many body segments, has two legs on the sides, two large spikes on its back, and multiple smaller spikes. Up close, these spikes look very dragon-esque. Nice. Good for uh, it. Yeah, right? Uh, it's nice to have a thing out there that actually looks like a dragon. A lot of things call dragons. Yeah. Bearded dragon look like looks pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's got spikes, too. Um, the body is more of a dark maroon color, while its legs and spikes uh, coming off of it are lighter hot pink. So it's a nice little like blend of hues. It has a small head with two black antenna. Like other diplopoda, or diplopida, as you said, <laughs> its caboose segment has, it's not really what it's called, it's just in the back, um, it has two backward-facing legs that serve to mimic antenna, creating a false head. Yeah, I think there's a couple a couple of uh, caterpillars that do the same thing. It's like, hey, look at my bum head. Eat that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, it's better than your actual head. Sure. Um, now I'm going to die slowly. <laughs> It's like if my feet look like faces. <laughs> and then someone punched you in your feet instead of your face. Exactly. Way preferable. Yeah. All in all, I'd say the millipede 
is a super cool looking animal. It is really cool. Despite the fact that it's pink. It, it's a good hue of pink, I think. It's a shocking hue of pink. It is. I'm shocked every time I look at it. I'm alarmed, even. Your your heart rate goes up a little bit. Whoa, it's it's pink. Whoa, this is a pink animal. Uh, speaking of pink animals, this is where the pink dragon lives. It lives in southern China and Thailand. Like other millipedes in the area, it prefers to live in caves where its poor eyesight isn't much of a hindrance. Instead of instead, it gets around using its antenna feeling for safe paths. If you can't see predators, dark caves are great places for predators not to see you. Except bats. Yeah, except for things that are good at cave. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is this thing caves so well. <laughs> it, it caves. As, as soon as you're saying like, "Come on, man," he's like, "All right, it caves so well." You got you, <laughs> you got a cave good if you're gonna if you're gonna live in it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's, good, that's what I always say. All good word sentences. The, t- the age-old adage. Uh, adage. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, however, this millipede is large enough to at least hold its own against other desmoxides um, because it's the largest of its genus. It's a big old boy. That's scary. In its area. Speaking of big, Uh-oh. that brings us to the listeners' oh, most favorite part of the show. 400. And- that's my first guess. <laughs> I just want to get it over with. Rip it off like a Band-Aid. Oh, my goodness. Am I right? No, we'll see. <laughs> um, Hold on. I have to freaking... I forgot to look up. This is the part of the show that is introduced by you, a listener. Uh, For several listeners. Yeah, and to uh, submit your own Measure Up intro, all you have to do is record your voice using your phone's memo app or something like that. And send it to the email ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. And we'll give you a shout out on the show. And say hi. We want to hear from you. Anyway, to measure up this segment where we relate the animal's size and other dimensions in terms that you can understand. Oh, there you go. You managed (laughs) to say that whole sentence without saying relate twice. With a special quiz uh, that I give to Carlos that is... And this week, the... Measure Up segment, which you all know and love, is introduced by a group of people, including Jessica, Kent, Adolfo, and Casey, and many others. It's a group of people. You can, you can do it in groups if you're afraid to do it by yourself. True. That That is good for social anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, without further ado, the listeners' favorite part of the show. <laughs> Boisterous. Groupie. Many. Many. Legion. Many is a good <laughs> it's a good adjective for that. All right, let's move straight into the length of this animal. It's I mentioned it was the largest. It was the it's the longest. It's three centimeters. It can be as long as three centimeters or one point two inches. That's not very long. But but typically millipedes are not very long. Uh, the ones uh, especially in, this genus of millipedes. The ones on Skull Island are really big. Yeah. There are big ones in the Sonora Desert, too. Uh, anyway, how many pink dragons go into the girth of China's thickest tree? China's thickest tree sounds like an indie band. <laughs> uh, speaking of indie bands, here's a hint. The tree is a Capressus giganti. Or a Tibetan cypress. And it's in the World Cypress King Garden in 
Ningqi, Western China. I'm going to assume that tree is 30 feet in width. Yeah. Based on a picture of a redwood that I saw that's in California, which is a pretty darn thick tree. And I think that's the thickest in the world. So we're going to go a little bit down from that. You sure you don't want to just go with your original? Which was 400? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Actually, I do. 400 pink dragon millipedes go around the girth. Now, when I say girth, I mean the around. Go, oh, the circumference. Yes. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was picturing that. I thought it was the width. Uh, no, everything that I was saying just said the girth is this many meters. And I'm like, what does that mean? So I looked up tree girth, how it's measured. And they're like, around. <laughs> well, I- it's like Brian Regan. He's like, I don't know what girth means. Um, let me try to send a package. Circa 2005, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, if it's, if the well now now let's do some let's you, should we do some geometry? If I said that the uh, dia not the diameter yes the diameter was 30 feet, then what is the circumference? Which is the pi r squared, <laughs> which is 3.14159 times 15 feet. Well, 15 feet times. 15 times 15, which is 225, times 3.14. I'm going to go 700. 700 pink dragon. 700, 700 solid. It's not that. That's just my final answer. That, that's my guess at what 225 times 3.14 is. I'm using actual geometry in this show, not just arithmetic. Be, be proud. Okay. Final yeah. answer. Yeah, 700. It's 400. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. No, it's not. It is. Well, uh, it's uh, th- 300, 900, 393.7. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did your heart flutter when I said 400 right out of the so gate? So what happened was I was like, whoa, I was going to trick you into believing, like, you got it. And then I looked at it. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, oh, man, so you can hear me like. You say like, "Oh, did I really get it?" And I then I backtrack, and I'm like, "Oh, maybe." And then, <laughs> and then you did get it. <laughs> wow, uh, I, I I almost stuck with it too, but then yeah. uh, then you said it was the. <laughs> the whole... I, I was afraid you would stick with it, so then I threw that in there. Oh, um, you're the worst. <laughs> you're the worst. I had it. It's just the game here. It's just a game. No, it's this is this is my bread and butter. It's a mind game, really. This is my lifeblood. Let's move on to genus size. There are 40 species, 30 of which live in this particular region. Um, how many pink dragon genuses go into the population of China? How many species again? There's 40 in the genus. So how many genuses, the group of species, go into? So basically the population of China divided by 40. Yes. Here's a hint. <laughs> China's population has been steadily rising since the 1960s after the end of the Great Chinese Famine. However, population booms, the population boom caused the government to issue a two-child policy in the 70s and then a one-child policy in 1979, then a two-child policy again in 2016. However, after the initial boom, the rate of population growth has been inc- declining since the institution of these controversial policies. 
Chinese parents favored boys throughout the 20th century, which led to many daughters being put up for adoption or worse. By 2000, the ratio of males to females in China reached 117 to 100 and stabilized. By next year, 2020, they are projected to have 30 million more males than females in the country. Declining population growth rate and the growing disparity between men and women in China has put a population crisis on the horizon. To learn more, click on the link in this section of Measure Up on LDTaxonomy.com. There was actually some hints in there. <laughs> you know that there's at least more than 30 million because there's 30 million more men than women. Yes, Joe, I know there are more than 30 million people in China. <laughs> and you also know the ratio of men to women. Okay, that still doesn't help. I do have a general idea of what it was back at the turn of the century. So, which I think was 1.6 or 1.7 billion. Which century? This century. Okay. So we're going to go with... <laughs> this is taking forever. Um, I'm going to go with 300 million. What? How many people do you think are in China? 1.6 billion. It's 1.3 billion in China. 34,650,000. Yeah. I was like just trying to swim through these astronomical numbers. <laughs> and I was like, well, if I take... Uh, 40 and multiply it by a billion, I'll have 40 billion. <laughs> that was where I went wrong because I, I, I thought it was 4 billion. So, whatever. Can we move on? Can we That's talk about it. Can we talk about the dragon millipede? You made it. We've been talking about the dragon I don't millipede. believe you. Well, th 34 million dragon millipedes. Right now I'm thinking about... <laughs> or genuses, rather. One child policies. Here's some fast facts. The pink dragon was discovered in 2007. That's pretty recent. South, Southern China is an intensely biodiverse area, and in the past several years, dozens of new species have been discovered, including six millipedes. Millipedes are often scavengers and detritivores, which means they... Detritivores. We talked about yeah, this in the last that's episode. That's right. Detritivores. That's, that makes more sense phonetically. Um, which means they eat decaying plant and animal materials. And the, in, I just realized we've done two worm-like. The other one is an amphibian. It doesn't count as a worm-like. It is a worm-like worm thing. Worm-like, wormish. Yeah, it's very wormish. But it's different. It's completely different. Okay. Uh, They're both detritivores. Yes, they are. In the dry season, however, when decaying, decaying, de dead plant matter. <laughs> <laughs> becomes dry and br brittle, they may eat plants. So that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I eat dead plant matter, but then when it's dry and brittle, I eat plants. <laughs> uh, the dragon millipede's favorite food specifically is decaying leaves. Um, when it rains, millipedes get friendly, and they can have be found in large groups. Gregarious. Yeah, gregarious is the word that I saw. Does that mean does that mean friendly in the in like the bug world? I looked up what gregarious actually like means, and it means like more sociable. They spend more... time in groups. Yes, yeah. It doesn't mean friendly, as in like amicable. Like they're not high fiving each other. No, it just they're not means... lending each other money. It means more more interested in being around others. Okay. Um, so adults walk around in the open. 
but researchers believe that juveniles live underground because they are rarely seen. And that's all I got for Fast Facts. All that right. Must be all we got, right? It's the most interesting stuff. That's it. End the podcast. Okay. We're in the whole in the whole podcast, not just this episode. Just end it. <laughs> we've done it. We've 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 covered every animal that's interesting out there. <laughs> Incorrect. Incorrect, because there's still some interesting stuff to talk about. The shocking pink dragon millipede. Yeah. <laughs> Almost said the shocking dragon. <laughs> Um, which sounds like a much, much more exciting pub in Hobbiton instead of the Green Dragon. <laughs> um, well, so let's talk about the reason why it's pink. Usually things in animals in nature are brightly colored to attract attention. Well, or mates. Mates, attention, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Flowers are brightly colored so that bees will come and uh, pollinate them. Those are mate intermediaries. Matchmakers, if you will. Bees. Good. Good job. A plus. You get a star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yo, that was kind of hostile. Yeah, I know. Hush and listen to me talk. Go ahead with your major <laughs> fact, I guess. Uh, excuse me for giving you. We've already said a lot of big words on this, so we don't need to bog them down with B information. <laughs> <laughs> B's a short word, I'll go on record saying. So the word is... Opposmatism. Don't oppose these guys. Hmm. So animals tend to be brightly colored or colored in a very specific way to warn that they are toxic or that they might be toxic. We were talking about the monarch butterfly a while ago and um, its cousin, the viceroy butterfly, mm-hmm. and how one, the, the monarch is toxic and the viceroy is not but they mirror each other and the viceroy kind of gets to ride the monarch's uh, coattails just because it also looks toxic even though it's not so it behooves certain animals that are often on the menu to look as toxic as possible so the um the dragon millipedes are usually brightly colored but the shocking pink dragon millipede is very very shockingly pink <laughs> so but that means it's also very toxic um so usually if you see a millipede i used to have a ton of them in my house like they were just not shocking peak dragon millipedes but millipedes in general right and um they usually like they're, they're usually pretty defenseless they're really slow they're easily squishable and they curl up into a little ball which makes them very easy to pick up and to eat if you're a bird or a child <laughs> um so that might deter like a beetle or something like that, but not most of their predators. I'm going to interrupt for a quick second and tell you that speaking of like, you think, oh, my kid's not going to eat a millipede. That's crazy. Calvin, did you hear about this? Yes. He told me this story three or four times. He did? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I heard it this this Sunday for the first time. Calvin ate the tail of a worm. You, you've heard Calvin. It was a lizard. Oh, uh, yeah. Ta- he ate uh, a, a lizard's a lizard. tail. We've been talking about wormy things too much. Too many worms. He ate a lizard's tail. <laughs> he saw it wriggling. And I said, like, why did you eat it? And he was like, it smelled like chicken. That's what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> He's rehearsed this. Yep, yep. Um, we don't want to condone the eating of random animal parts that you find <laughs> unless they are cooked and FDA approved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
But we're happy that Calvin's okay. <laughs> Got a little extra protein. He did, he, he did say that it was wriggling around in his mouth. <laughs> I said, did it look good? And he's like, yeah. Um, I don't understand that. He's four. Yeah. So, uh, every, when I was four, everything. though, I don't think I would have been appetized by that. Um, but but you're, maybe he's a more adventurous eater. He's more adventurous, and he's an avid listener of the best animal podcast on the planet. Yes. So just pl- animals, just yeah. they, it, they're in his blood. They're, they're, def- they're definitely blo- in his blood now. <laughs> 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 so most millipedes curl up into a ball, but um, this millipede has a different trick up its sleeve uh, because there are a lot of things that eat millipedes, including ants. It has to. It's, it moves so slowly that it has to deal with the fact that just an army of ants will come and overwhelm it and slowly eat it alive. Mm. It's problematic. <clears throat> but also, um, beetles like the assassin beetle will um, attack it. Birds, uh, monkeys, um, lizards. If it falls in the water, fish. Like you know, every, every, it seems like everything eats this. This little guy, so he's got to he's got to have something up his sleeve, and uh, up of his so he, many his, all of his sleeves, all so many many sleeves. Um, when trouble comes a knocking, it sprays trouble in the face with toxic chemicals. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, many millipedes, especially dragon millipedes, can um, manufacture chemicals and excrete them at enemies, um, but the dragon millipede. Doesn't just ma- it doesn't manufacture just any chemical. It makes cyanide, and not just cyanide, hydrogen cyanide. So it takes that poison that you've heard about, the things that you know, uh, like Cold War spies would use to to not give to kill themselves and not give information, um, and it with the hydrogen it makes it a cloud. It turns it into a, a, a lighter than air gaseous Mist, substance. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's one of the deadliest natural chemicals for humans and animals alike. Wow. Uh, so by spraying this cloud and, uh, well, so each dragon millipede can, oh, an adult one can produce about 600 milligrams of hydrogen cyanide, which is 18 times the lethal dosage for a human. Now we, I think we were, I don't know if we were talking about this when we were recording, but it is a little bit weird that ye, like you can still eat them. <laughs> you can. Well, I they get eaten, but they and though the, so they're still on the menu, but they can shoot this. So it's kind of like when the mongoose eats the the um, the cobra. Yeah. It, so the cobra can inject the venom, but and I there's not a lot of information on the dragon millipede. It's actually especially the ones in China were only recently discovered. Um, but at least in the, for the Cobra, it's venom is not toxic until the two, it mixes two chemicals in its venom glands. So it's like the, the venom is benign until it mixes with like its saliva or something like that. And then it's super powerful. The enzymes break something down. I forgot. Go listen to our mongoose episode. Yeah. So maybe that's just like a very similar thing happening with the um, with the dragon millipede, to where it is not dangerous until it is in the process of like of shooting it out in this cloud. 
But what they do know is that the dragon millipede is completely immune to uh, hydrogen cyanide and any other chemical that it produces. That's inconceivable. In- inconceivable. <laughs> you gotta say it with the accent. Get all those homeschoolers all riled up. <laughs> Shane. Shots fired. Yeah, that's kind of our chief demographic. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're referencing the movie. <laughs> that's true. Um, you, you may not think that insects breathe, but they do. Also, this isn't an insect. But still, you may not think that arthropods breathe, but they do. So you'd think that it would spray out this um, hydrogen cyanide and then breathe it in and then die. But it doesn't because it's immune to it. But, you know, it's not immune to it is every everything else. <laughs> so it kills uh, mammals. It kills, um, well, mo- it, like the, the cyanide is mostly for vertebrates. Yeah. But also it gets attacked by invertebrates like beetles and ants and things like that. So what does it do for those? Because they're not as easily affected by hydrogen cyanide, they found out. So they have a backup chemical called benzaldehyde. Hmm. And that is specifically for not, uh, invertebrates other arthropods and stuff like that. So it just kind of has a double-barreled... It has a derringer. (laughs) (laughs) It shoots out hydrogen cyanide for the mouse that's about to attack it, and then it shoots out uh, benzaldehyde for the army of ants that are trying to eat it alive. So So like a walking um, assault vehicle. It's just ready. Yeah. So it's this bright pink little, little dude just crawling along. And it could kill you <laughs> if it could like, and it turns out that, um, hydrogen cyanide smells, uh, just like almonds. Yeah. Which I mentioned in the, uh, the intro. Yeah. It smells like almonds, which, but don't eat it. I guess, you know, I, what I understand is that 200 parts per million is enough to be fatal for a human. So I guess less than that is the point where you can say, hmm, this smells like almonds and not die. <laughs> <laughs> Your last words are, hmm, is that all? Someone's some got almonds? And That's not bad. <laughs> it's the worst ways to go. Hmm, does this smell like hydrogen cyanide? Nope. Just some pure almond joy. <laughs> this will be like just every time, like since the Binturong episode, every time someone makes pop popcorn, someone's like, is that Binturong? Is, is, that, is, that, is there a Binturong in here? <laughs> is, that, is that weird bear cat uh, anal gland juice? Hmm. <laughs> Smells good. Every time there's an almond now, there's someone's gonna be like, "Man, is somebody making hydrogen uh, cyanide?" <laughs> Jeez. But that's all I got. That's the. That is the hydrogen cyanide shocking pink dragon millipede extravaganza bonanza electric boogaloo two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for you out there in podcastia, uh, stretch your many legs, stay out of trouble. And don't mess with hydrogen cyanide, unlike the dragon millipede in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey everyone, don't let your friends and family drink the Kool-Aid of animal ignorance. Help them be in the know about the things that grow, both in the trees and on the seas. But seriously, you can really help us out by telling more people about our little show here. We want to be everyone's go-to for interesting animal info, but we can't do it without your help. 
So give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, leave us a review, and most of all, sing of our good deeds here. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Also, don't don't eat lizards' tails, <laughs> Calvin. <laughs> <laughs>